The first reading is from the book of the prophet Malachi. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament. In this reading, you will recognize many of the words as they appear in Handel's Messiah. Malachi chapter 3, beginning at the first verse. I will send my messenger who will prepare the way before me. Then suddenly, the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men who will bring offerings in righteousness, and the offerings of Judah and Jerusalem will be acceptable to the Lord, as in days gone by, as in former years. So I will come to put you on trial. I'll be quick to testify against sorcerers, adulterers, and perjurers, against those who defraud laborers of their wages, who oppress the widows and the fatherless, and deprive the foreigners among you of justice. But do not fear me, says the Lord Almighty. This is the word of the Lord. So again, if you're comfortable to do so, please do stand as June brings our gospel reading. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Uh, the reading is Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses... Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. And there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of, of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations. Light for, res light for revelations to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many, Israelite, many in Israel and to be a sign that he will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. 
There was also a prophet Anna and the daughter of Penula of the tribe of Asher. She was very old and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child of all whom were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Wouldn't it be great if this was about to be the most exciting talk you'd ever heard? (laughs) Oh, no pressure. Wouldn't it be great if you were all on the edges of your seat with your faces shining and you're you're all about to go home and sign over all all your savings to the church building fund because you're so inspired and you're going to jump on the next plane to some mission field somewhere? That would be really good, wouldn't it? (laughs) Well, relax. Did you hear that first reading that Robert brought us? I just love those parts of the Old Testament where God comes and sorts it all out. I just love that idea. The Lord who you seek, the one that you desire, you really long for, you know, somewhere deep down, we've all got that longing. Oh, oh God, (laughs) come and sort it out, whatever it is that's bugging me. Whatever it is that's the mess with the world out there, come and purify all the corruption, all those politicians and all those wealthy people who are ripping off poor people. Come and sort them all out. Rend the heavens, come quickly down. One of my favorite lines in the hymn. And then we remember that we're not the spectators in life, that we're part of the story of the world. And at the times when we have felt that we're going through the boil wash on the hot spin, or when there's been explosive stuff going on at home or wherever, and we're feeling really burnt out with it, that that refiner's fire and that purification, whoa, (laughs) do we recognize God in that? Is that what we're longing for? Okay, so we're thinking about the story of Simeon and Anna and Mary and Joseph presenting Jesus in the temple according to what was right and good and proper in their custom. Simeon and Anna have been longing and waiting. They would have been familiar. Simeon would. There's a good chance, I guess, that Anna, who'd been hanging around the temple many, many decades would as well have become familiar with these prophecies, with this idea that God would intervene in history, that the Messiah would come. Phew. Israel is in a mess, under occupation. And I bet Simeon was longing for God to sort it out and was waiting and expecting the Messiah We don't know whether he had a role in the temple. 
We don't know what prompted him to come in today, other than that the Holy Spirit had something to do with it. But while he's waiting, he's getting on with life. He's turning up. And it's business as usual in the temple. And a young couple come in, pretty ordinary young couple. They don't afford the most expensive offering, the sacrificial lamb. They go for the Tesco's basics, the bargain basement, the couple of doves. They're probably just about managing. And in their culture, I don't know, those of you who've been mothers will remember your six-week check. This is kind of the equivalent. You're, you're okay, you're back in business, back in normal life. And if you can remember the shock of your first baby, everybody says, oh, it will change your life, but whoa. <laughs> That's the half of it. <laughs> they were probably in the middle of moving. Bethlehem is nearer to Jerusalem than Nazareth, so the chances are they were on their way back to Nazareth. They've maybe been temporary accommodation. They're at a difficult time in their lives, let's face it. You know the story. So anyway, here they are. They turn up at the temple. How do Simeon and Anna recognize that this is the Christ? This is the Messiah. This is God turning up among them. Okay, let's cut to St. Michael's Church, January 2018, and look around us. God's faithful people of Harrowweald. Give them a smile. <laughs> there are many people here, I know, who've been praying for revival for decades. There are many people here who think back to the excitement of Billy Graham or John Wimber or Louis Palau or whatever era it was that you first got fired up by this idea that God was really here for a personal relationship with you and was going to change things. And many of us were really struck by those promises. So, hmm, why the empty seats? You know, shouldn't we be out there marching for Jesus with our hearts on fire and harrow-wheeled flocking in? Um, all the signs and wonders being spoken about in the Harrow Times or wherever. Instead of which, let's be honest, there are days when we struggle to get here and it's our turn on the rotor and we kind of, okay, church again. Um, maybe that's just me. Sorry, Jodie. <laughs> but... Uh, but I know that there are people here who've been waiting for revival and waiting for God to show up and change our, our nation and sort out the mess in our world. And isn't that why we meet? Isn't that why we come to encourage each other? Behold, he comes, riding on the storm. <laughs> because those promises are real. And on a personal level, there are those of us that have been praying for years sometimes for our loved ones, for their salvation, for them to come to know how loved they are, for their healing. I don't know what 
it is that you're desiring. This God who you seek will suddenly come to his temple. And yet sometimes, let's be honest about it, there are times when we're disappointed and when we're frustrated and when we're disillusioned. And there are times when we're desperate. Rend the heavens, come and shake the heavens and the earth and the seas and the dry land. (laughs) Come and sort it, God. (laughs) But let's not hang on to the negatives because in all our frustrations looking around here, I know there are people here who can and do testify that God hasn't failed us, that God has changed our lives, that God is doing things Even this week, maybe we don't talk about it enough, ask each other over coffee and cakes. Because God is working. Lives are changing. Just maybe not quite how we expected. And God doesn't do the same thing twice. So let's look forwards and not back. And today's challenge is, can we hold together the negatives and the positives, the joys and the frustrations? Let's keep on reminding each other of these promises and encouraging each other. That God is the God of the now and the not yet. We sing every week, he was and is and is to come. We have been saved. We are being saved. We will be saved. Back to Simeon and Anna. Something clicked when he held that baby for him. And the words that he spoke that are familiar to many of us who grew up singing the Nunc Dimittis Back in the days of good old Coral Eden song. Love it. Um, Those words hold together the peace and the struggle. And isn't there something in all of us, and I mean like all of us, it's kind of universal in stories from all sorts of different cultures. Remember your fairy tales? We long for that rescue. We long for the knight in shining armor. We long for the cavalry coming over the hill. I don't know, I'm a bit out of touch, whoever the latest superhero is. Wouldn't it be fab when you're facing the things that keep you awake at night and the things that you long for God to intervene on if God swept in like a superhero? And here are Simeon and Anna. They were probably pretty much like us in many ways, and yet they were alert to the still small voice. So the God who doesn't come in thunder and lightning and earthquakes, but who comes as a pretty ordinary looking baby. So we need to keep our eyes open for God in unexpected places and we need to wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That could have been the end of the sermon. Um, I'm not going to let you off that easily. Although it's true. We do need to keep our eyes open for God in unexpected places, and we do need to wait. But you're probably wondering when we get to the most exciting talk you've ever heard, but (laughs) so am I. 
What I want to talk about before I shut up is active waiting. How do we wait like Simeon and Anna waited? So listen up to this bit because you've probably got your own ideas and I'd love to hear them afterwards. But maybe we should all try and resolve to choose something about this gap that we're stuck in between the now and the not yet. Some way that we can actively put ourselves ready to meet God like Simeon and Anna. So a few suggestions from me. We just need to pay attention, really. That's one thing, isn't it? We need to keep alert. We don't want to be drowning in all the information that the world throws at us and not have time to work at learning more and studying more. And there's always more to be discovered. And I got completely sidetracked into a different bit of Malachi when I was preparing this and got all inspired and excited because I haven't read it for a few years. Wow, I've got to go home and follow this up. Um, But keep alert. Mindfulness. It's kind of, you know, yeah, yeah, we've heard about mindfulness. But I actually think that Simeon and Anna must have been very mindful people. They were there in the now. Although they had this desire and longing for God to come and sort it all out, for the Messiah to show up, they acted it out by getting on and paying attention to the people who came through the doors that morning. They were in the moment. They were in the now. They were looking. The passage speaks about looking for the redemption of Israel. Keep showing up. Whether or not you show up to church, that's up to you. But keep showing up to God, at least. It would be great if you do show up to church. And I think that having the doors open more, which we've been doing recently, is such an opportunity And I hope you all know and tell all your friends that you're welcome to come and sit here and read your book or sit here and just be. You don't have to stay long. You don't have to take on a job while you're here. But if there's nobody here, why are we keeping the doors open? So just keep showing up because you never know what God's going to do. And engage with people. Not always, because we can't all do it always. But I'm a great believer in the power of kind words in checkout queues. There are plenty of young mums who've struggled to get as far as the first six weeks with their new babies. You may be the only person that can say an encouraging word to them today. So let's cultivate the ministry of chat. Because you know what we're like in our world. We don't engage enough with each other we're too shy, we're worried we might say the wrong thing that somebody might think we're about to abduct their baby if we take notice of it but let's try and engage with people Anna was an old lady 84 years old, was seriously old in those days but she was the first evangelist and she went and told Everybody she came across about this baby, all the people that were looking, that were longing for the Messiah to come, she just gossiped about this baby too. So let's not underestimate these things, and let's not underestimate old people, whether you consider yourself to be one or not. 
because I think that the time is coming when we're noticing more and more the need for intergenerational spaces in our society. And I don't know if you've seen, there's been a few uh, things out there in the news. There was a thing on the BBC about taking babies into school so that older children can learn empathy. Um, did you see that one? That was this week. And there's the, what, there's the, um, the scheme where students are lodging with older people. There's the scheme where nursery schools are going into old people's homes. Because we're realizing that it's not happening naturally. We need to work on it. And church is one of the few spaces where the different generations mix. So let's make the most of that. And let's stay open to whoever we come across. Whether they're buying the Tesco's basics or whatever, whether they're like us or not. Maybe we need to remember that God is in each of us and welcome them accordingly. And I think also we need to remember to be resilient. And when we're feeling disappointed and frustrated and sometimes desperate, let's encourage each other and let's hang on. And I, I just love that, um, one of my favorite films, Fiddler on the Roof, that scene where they have to leave Anatevka when they're all trudging off as refugees. And there's a line that uh, Tevye says, um, we'll just have to wait for the Messiah someplace else. So let's be resilient. Because I do actually believe that we've got a God who can hold all my contradictions together. And I just want, before I sit down, to go back to that scene in the temple that day and to take a few moments to just ponder the amazing mysteries that are wrapped up in that little bit of story. That little bit of narrative contains so many contrasts held together and isn't there something about when we're thinking in an immature way we divide the world up into black and white into good and bad but it's all one to God in some ways that all things come together in Christ and uh, here's a list actually of just in that little scene mystery of all that God is holding together we've got a story that's for all nations the light to the Gentiles and yet it's for every one of our hearts individually we've got an arrival and we've got a departure a birth and a death In so many ways, there's weakness and strength, and they're all bound up together. God in weakness, God in strength. The falling and the rising. The glory and the pain. The holding on. Waiting all those years and the letting go. It's time to depart in peace. So you might want to go home and have another look at the story or at least just let the grey matter mull it over a bit because there's so much mystery there and something in that 
will, I believe, meet you wherever your need is today. The struggle and the peace. Our eyes have seen God's salvation, who was and is and is to come. Amen.